Hi, I'm Joel Ankeny. I'm the author of the book, Before You Leap, Your Legal Guide to Starting a Freelancing Business, and you're listening to the audiobook version of my book. Welcome to episode one. Let's start reading. Before You Leap, Your Legal Guide to Starting a Freelancing Business by Joel Ankeny, read by Joel Ankeny. Before You Leap is a work of nonfiction. Names have been changed, and identifying details and distinguishing facts and characteristics have been altered or combined. No individual or business who appears in these pages should be construed to refer to or identify any single individual or business. The views and opinions expressed in this book are solely those of the author. They do not reflect the views or opinions of any organization or institution with which the author is or has been affiliated or anyone else employed by or affiliated with such organizations or institutions. Copyright 2019, 2022, and 2024 by Joel Ankeny. All rights reserved. This book is for my kids because they might need it sometime in their careers. Acknowledgements. Thanks to Jenny for her encouragement and input. Thanks to everyone who read my first book. You gave me the courage to write another. Thanks to Amtrak for great service. About 95% of this book was written while traveling by train. Thanks to Shay for expert editing. And thanks to my clients for entrusting me with their legal work. About the author. There are about 1 million lawyers in the United States. Some probably have helped clients start a freelancing business. What makes me one in a million? It's the combination of my academics, experience, and expertise. I graduated first in my class from William & Mary Law School. I also earned a bachelor's degree in psychology from Brigham Young University. I have been practicing law for over 30 years. I have worked at some of the largest law firms in the USA and as a solo practitioner. I've helped a lot of people handle the legal issues associated with starting and running a freelancing business in a variety of industries. I probably haven't seen it all, but I've seen most of it. I can smoothly guide my clients through the startup process because I have helped others down that road many times before. I know what to look for, what questions to ask, what to expect, what's customary, and what's reasonable. This unique combination of academics and experience provides my clients with legal representation that helps reduce their risks when starting and running a freelancing business. I am not your lawyer because you read this book. We need to take care of some business before we start. What I'm about to say might sound a bit harsh, but it helps me sleep better. Lawyers call this a disclaimer. Writing a book creates a risk for a lawyer, so I want to clear up our relationship from the beginning. Our relationship is only author-reader. It is not lawyer-client. A client can sue a lawyer for bad legal advice. Books by lawyers can create the impression that the reader is the author's client and that the author is giving the reader legal advice. This book is only for informational purposes. It is designed to help you understand the legal aspects of starting and running a freelancing business. It is not a substitute for legal advice. Although I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer. 
Reading this book does not make me your lawyer, and it doesn't make you my client. If you want me to become your lawyer, we can talk, and if we are both in agreement, go through the process of making that happen. Also, I am licensed to practice law only in Virginia. The information in this book is based on my experiences practicing law in Virginia. You might live in another state or country. The laws of your state or country might be different from Virginia's laws. If you want to know what the laws of your state or country are, you need to speak with a lawyer licensed in your state or country. This book contains stories to illustrate principles. All the examples are based on true stories, although I have combined experiences or altered them to better illustrate concepts and to protect identities. I also don't use anyone's real name. This book is not considered legal advice. It contains information about legal topics. You use the information in this book at your own risk. If you want legal advice, you should hire a lawyer. I strongly encourage you to do so. See Chapter 5 for guidance. I'm available, and you can find me at joelankney.com. Introduction Look Before You Leap I grew up in Rockville, Maryland, just a short drive from the Potomac River. My friends and I spent a lot of time in and around the water. When I was a teenager, we started jumping off a low bridge into Seneca Creek, where the CNO Canal crosses it at Riley's Lock. The drop was about 15 feet. Then we heard about a cliff on the Maryland side of Great Falls, where generations of high school students had jumped into the Potomac. We got some general directions about where to find it, and one summer afternoon, a few of us hiked down the CNO Canal towpath until we found a trail into the woods that led to the cliff. The cliff was terrifying. It was about 60 feet above the river. There was a flat rock at the top of the cliff that gave a jumper about 15 feet of space to run up to the edge for the jump. The bottom of the granite cliff gradually jutted out into the river as it got closer to the water. The water was rapid and turbulent, making it impossible to see what was under its surface. There were already a few people at the cliff when we arrived. We watched as they launched themselves over it into the river. We watched the route they took to climb back up to jump again. We asked questions about the water, where to jump, and whether there were any underwater obstacles to avoid. We asked how far out you had to launch yourself to clear the bottom of the cliff. We wanted to know everything we could about the risks of jumping. Eventually, all of us took turns making multiple jumps off the cliff without incident. Let me pause here to tell you a few things. I don't endorse or encourage jumping off cliffs, especially at Great Falls. What we did was very dangerous and illegal. In fact, the day after our first visit to the cliff, my friends returned without me to introduce some others to the cliff. I didn't go because I stayed home to mow the lawn before my parents returned from work. I recall the National Park Service cited them for breaking the law. In addition, I remember hearing stories about other kids in my high school who injured themselves or got caught up in the river and narrowly escaped tragedy. Just reading those few paragraphs above brought back memories that made me shiver as I once again realized how stupid and lucky we were. Starting a freelancing business is like jumping off a cliff into a body of water. You want to know the risks before doing so. 
Learning about the risks will help you determine how to abate or avoid them. There are plenty of books that can help you with the business-related risks of starting a freelancing business. This book identifies and suggests ways to handle the most common legal risks. A freelancing business consists of finding and engaging in projects to provide services to a client. A freelancing business makes money on a project-by-project contract basis. Freelancing businesses are often labeled as independent contractors or consultants. They are not usually started to obtain investment money, to set the business up for a public offering, or to sell the business, except when the owners are ready to exit the business, such as for retirement. Freelancing businesses are nimble and lean. Many have only one or two owners. They may work from home, other remote locations, leased workspaces, or in their client's workspace. You might start a freelancing business at some time in your life. If you work as an employee in a service industry, you might open your own freelancing business to provide those services. Or you might decide to strike out on your own by opening a freelancing business even if you don't have any experience. I have been helping people start and run freelancing businesses for over 25 years. Freelancing businesses I have represented include architecture consultants, auto mechanics, commercial photographers and videographers, construction subcontractors, custom cabinet makers, cybersecurity consultants, data analytics consultants, engineers, firefighter consultants, graphic artists, healthcare practice management consultants, IT consultants, lawyers, marketing and advertising experts, military and law enforcement consultants, personal fitness trainers and instructors, physicians, pool services, software developers, subject matter experts, and website developers. My years of experience helping these clients have provided me with many opportunities to identify and resolve the legal risks associated with starting and running a freelancing business. This book is designed to share those experiences and insights with you. It will help you identify and decide how to reduce or eliminate those risks. Hopefully, following the guidance in this book will help your business run smoothly and help you sleep better. This book is organized to follow the first steps in the life cycle of a startup freelancing business. Chapter 1 is about the legal issues related to choosing and starting an entity. Your services will create valuable output, work product, that might be protected by copyright, trademark, or trade secret law, often referred to as intellectual property. Protecting and exploiting intellectual property rights can be some of the stickiest and riskiest issues when starting a freelancing business. Chapter 2 discusses intellectual property, how to identify it, protect it, and exploit it. Chapter 3 talks about how to use contracts with clients. Chapter 4 suggests approaches to resolving legal disputes with clients. Chapter 5 helps you decide whether you need outside help with your legal issues, and if so, how to find it. Finally, Chapter 6 contains checklists 
to summarize the information in this book and to suggest next steps to help you get started. This book is your coach in a box for starting your freelancing business. Keep this book close and refer to it as a starting point to identify and determine how to handle legal issues. This book is not a substitute for a lawyer, but it can help guide you. It can set expectations about legal risks. It can also help you work more efficiently with any lawyer you engage, which could result in a better client-lawyer relationship, lower legal fees, and better legal service because you come into the relationship more educated about the process. This book helps you look before you leap. Chapter 1. Starting a Freelancing Business Patty was a partner at a large consulting firm where she advised clients on information technology matters. One of her friends became the chief information officer of a large corporation. Patty's friend encouraged her to start her own IT consulting business to become a consultant to the corporation and other businesses on a project-by-project contract basis. Patty engaged me because she wanted help choosing the type of legal entity to use for her new business and to create a template contract she could use with clients. During our initial consultation, I recommended she allow me to review her current employment contract to determine whether it might contain any restrictions on her ability to start and run a freelancing business. My objectives when advising Patty were to protect her personal assets and to see that the relationships with clients were set up in a way to protect her business interests. Your freelancing business comes with risk. Starting and running a freelancing business triggers several legal risks. You risk having a former employer claim you have taken something it owns, like clients, ideas, trade secrets, or copyrighted materials, to run your business. You risk exposing your personal assets to claims of business creditors. For example, if you run your freelancing business as a sole proprietorship and a disgruntled client sues you and wins, that client could get to your personal bank account to satisfy the judgment. You risk disagreements with your clients about whether you have adequately performed or delivered. Have you made legally binding promises about your services or deliverables? Even if you haven't, does the law imply certain promises on you? You risk having a client claim it owns work product, know-how, or expertise. What does the client think it is paying for? What do you think the client is paying for? Many times the answers to these questions are dramatically different. You risk subcontractors failing to perform. You risk not getting paid by a client. You also risk missing many legal details if you don't get a lawyer to help with these issues. You can reduce or eliminate these risks by the way you set up and run your freelancing business. Am I restricted from opening my freelancing business? Roger was a junior executive at a large corporation, seemingly with lots of promise for fast promotion into upper management. He had made a name for himself inside the company by using software to analyze the company's data to find more opportunities to make money. He even won company awards for his work. The company merged into a larger competitor 
that had its own management team. Roger was not part of the new team, and he could see the writing on the wall. He decided to open his own freelancing business to use his expertise, know-how, and software experience to help other companies analyze data to increase revenue. Roger had an employment contract that contained provisions about confidentiality and the ownership of his ideas, concepts, and work product. He asked me whether anything in his contract might prevent him from opening his business. Like Roger, you might have a great idea for a freelancing business. Where did that idea come from? Is it related to your current employment? If so, do you have a written employment contract with your current employer? Or have you signed any type of contract with your employer, such as a confidentiality agreement or an intellectual property ownership agreement? Even if you don't have a contract with your employer, does your employer have an employee handbook or employment policies? Even if your answer is no to these questions, are you breaching any federal or state laws your current employer might be able to enforce against you if you start your freelancing business? Many employers are savvy about the value of their employees' expertise and know-how and the work product they create. They also understand the worth of their confidential information, such as client lists, client preferences, client contacts, vendor and supplier information, pricing methodology, internal financial information, research and development efforts and results, and business methods and techniques. Some of that confidential information might be valuable simply because it's kept secret, like a secret recipe, secret software code, or a secret algorithm. As a result, employers might require employees to sign contracts to protect that information. Those contracts might range from a comprehensive employment contract that contains restrictive provisions to narrow-purpose contracts that restrict certain types of activities. An employer's contract might contain provisions about who owns the ideas, concepts, secrets, and work product employees develop or create as part of their employment. An employer might have an employee handbook or written policies that cover the same issues. Even if you didn't sign a written contract with your employer, you might have signed a legal document indicating your receipt of, and even review an agreement to, an employee handbook or written employment policies. The law might contain restrictions or address ownership issues even when you don't have an employment contract, an employee handbook, or employee policies. For example, the trade secret statute for the state in which you work will define what a trade secret is and prohibit its misappropriation. And the U.S. Copyright Act indicates that an employer owns the copyrights to work product created by employees within the scope of their employment. You need to research whether any of these sources, contracts, handbooks, policies, or laws, might create a risk that would prevent you from starting and running your freelancing business. If you have a contract, handbook, or employee policy that includes provisions about confidentiality, non-solicitation, non-competition, or ownership of intellectual property rights, such as ideas, concepts, copyrights, trade secrets, trademarks, or patents, have a lawyer who has experience with those issues review and advise you on their impact before you move forward.
Even if a contract, handbook, or policy might appear to restrict or prevent you from starting and running your business, your lawyer can advise you on their enforceability. This analysis won't reduce your risk, but it will help you quantify it. You might be able to move forward regardless of the restrictions if your lawyer believes they are unenforceable and you are willing to risk the time and effort of a fight and potential loss if your employer decides to try to enforce the restrictions. Roger decided to take the risk. My analysis of Roger's employment contract gave him confidence that, if challenged, the contractual provisions of concern could not be enforced. Consult with a lawyer about how applicable laws might restrict or prohibit your new business. Tell the lawyer what you plan to do, how you plan to do it, what you will use to do it, and the origin of your ideas and methods. Then the lawyer can analyze your proposed freelancing business considering those applicable laws. Don't think you can avoid these issues because your employer will never find out. Employers always seem to find out. I had a client in Virginia who took a risk based on his prediction that a California company wouldn't find out about his work. Shortly after my client launched his business, an executive from the California company was at a cocktail party in San Francisco and met someone from Virginia. After introductions, the person from Virginia asked the California executive whether he had heard about my client. He hadn't. But after he did, he reported to the company's lawyer, resulting in a letter to my client demanding it stop operating its business in a manner that infringed upon the California company's rights. Research legal issues before you launch your freelancing business. Get as much comfort as you can from a lawyer that what you intend to do is not restricted or prohibited. Researching these issues before you launch your business will avoid a lot of problems. Even if you get the news that you shouldn't start your business, that's valuable information. We're going to stop there for today. We'll pick up where we left off in the next episode. If you want a print copy of Before You Leap, you can find it on Amazon by searching my name or the book title. I've also put a link to the Amazon listing in the show notes. Please email me at bylbook at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Finally, if you want to support the podcast, you can buy me a hot chocolate at buymeacoffee.com backslash BYL audiobook podcast. The platform you're listening on may also have a link to my donation page in the notes. Thanks for listening.